We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Helton. Hey everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the June 20th episode of the Roto-Wire Fantasy Football Podcast. Um, this is our third edition for the 2018 season, or leading up to it. And with me today, um, a frequent guest, annual, frequent, you were here twice last year, Liz Loza from Yahoo Sports. How you doing? I'm well, John. How are you? Are you getting excited that as the temperature starts to rise, the football fervor begins? It's starting to rise, but it... I, Live where I live. I live in Charlotte. Everybody, as regular listeners know, it's this week. It's ninety eight every day. It's mm. gross and disgusting, and I'm ready. I'm almost ready for fall. Basically, you get to that point. You want the summer to come, and then it gets here when you live in the south, and you go, "No, I'm good. It's it's June twentieth. I'm fine. I don't need it anymore." So yeah, it is. A, we have a high of eighty one today in Los Angeles, so I can't complain. But I trade property taxes with you any day. <laughs> yes, I'm sure you would. <laughs> Um, all right, so we're going to talk some fantasy football, everybody, and and there's nothing. We're going to get into some of the work that Liz has been doing lately over at Yahoo. Um, there's not much news, so a lot of the questions going to be random. The only news I saw today, as I mentioned before we started recording, one of the Cowboys uh, beat writers, the one from Bleacher Report, I think, said that 
Alan Hearns is the clear-cut number one receiver, and the only thing that makes me think is, oh boy, Dak Prescott, this does not sound good, does it? Well, the thing about Hearns that I find a little bit confusing is that last year he spent 30% of his time in the slot. And yes, he can play outside, but that's not really where he shines. And we've seen, you know, they didn't get rid of Cole Beasley. Instead, they they swapped Ryan Switzer for Tavon Austin. And so you've already seen Dak Prescott have a bond with Beasley. Uh, He doesn't have any big red zone threats other than Rico Gathers or one of these tight ends. And I would put my money on Rico Gathers, the former basketball standout. But according to reports, he's still been raw. He hasn't played a regular season game yet. So there are definitely question marks uh, for the Cowboys. And I I agree with you. Outside of Zeke, I don't see a real weapon in that passing game. Yeah, I I don't either. It's going to be pretty bad. If you you want to talk about a a stack box against a running back, you're going to see it for Zeke. Um, all right. So you have been working on a lot, a lot of boom and bust predictions. You've been going team by team for a while. And it's really good stuff, everybody at Yahoo Fantasy. You should go check it out. Um, who is your biggest? Before we dig into some of the details of some of the players you've touched on lately, if you had a biggest bust, high profile bust compared to everybody else for 2018, who is it? Well, I have two. I want to start with one that I thought would be obvious, but I can't believe people are jumping on this Danny Amendola train with Jarvis Landry no longer in Miami. There seems to be a plug-and-play mentality, which I think is so banal, if you will, especially for fantasy footballers. Um, You know, uh, reports I'm reading is this is going to be a thing, except, well, yes, with Ryan Tannehill under center, Jarvis Landry averaged eight and a half looks per game. But since when has Amendola been able to stay healthy under a giant or even um, average workload, right? Plus, right. the Dolphins have, like, the Dolphins have depth at this position. There are a plethora of bodies that can handle the slot. They've got Albert Wilson. They've got Hakeem Grant. Both of those guys, I think, should be on Fantasy Raiders. A lot of people are hyping Albert Wilson as a potential sleeper. Hakeem Grant's just, you know, had some trouble with development and staying healthy as well. You've also got Leontay Carew, who two years ago had the stickiest hands in the draft. Rutgers! Um, (laughs) Rutgers, exactly. Um, You've also got Kenyon Drake, Kalen Balazs. Those are backs who can catch, potentially fall into that slot receiver position. So, I don't know how Danny Amendola is all of a sudden at 32 years old just going to rise to the top other than the fact that he's a brand name and it's the easiest headline to sell. It was kind of like the the way that he was going to be awesome when Julian Edelman got hurt in New England. Same thing. Exactly. I mean, that's a great point. Instead, what did Bill Belichick do? He used a a, a trio of running backs in the passing game to make up for the the loss of his top top slot guy, right? So. I think you're looking at a a similar thing here. So I I don't think that that's a particularly, ooh, out there bust. But based on what I've been reading on hashtag football Twitter, it apparently is. The one that I am most excited about and I feel I get the most hmm, side eye for is Baker Mayfield. No thanks. Really? No thanks. We don't know he's going to start. So that's a big red flag right away, much as people are excited about him. But people still refuse. They do believe he's going to start because he was the number one overall pick, you know. And he's got a reality television crew following him around, John. And that means that 
they are absolutely going to start him in week one. This organization doesn't make mistakes at the quarterback position ever. Right. So I think think he's definitely a bust this year, and I am all in on Tyrod Taylor as a top 15 fantasy producer. Ooh. Okay, wait, 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 wait. So Mm -hmm. don't you think that Baker is going to start at some point? Well, it's going to take, I mean, think about it. It takes three consecutive stinkers for Tyrod to lose that job, right? Um, You've got one bad game and fans start stroking stroking their chins. Two bad games, they bite their nails. Three flops and all of Cuyahoga County is pounding the table for Baker Mayfield. Okay. I wonder, I wonder if they're, if they're, I see, I think they're going to be better. So this whole, you know, oh, the Browns are going yeah. to seven. I don't think that's likely to be a scenario. But if they're, say, three and five, I think they're, I looked last week, I think they're by week 11. I don't have it in front of me. But if they're, say, three and five and Tyrod's mediocre, I wonder if they make the switch. Well, but I, I think know. he's going to, I think injury is what's going to prevent him from holding on to, listen, if they stink it early, then obviously you're going to get the rookie some reps. But I agree with you that they are going to be better, which is why I think Tyrod can hold on to this game. And I think there is potential for him to be the 2018, what Alex Smith was in 2017, Tyrod Mm -hmm. Taylor could be in 2018. The parallels, I think, are pretty obvious. Um, You know, he's one year removed from top 10 fantasy production. That's Tyrod. And he's got money more weapons than he ever had in Buffalo now. Um, And like in Buffalo, let's just take a look at it. He was in an offense that called the second fewest passing plays in the league. And he had a rookie as his number one wide receiver. So his weapons are clearly upgraded. His offensive line is upgraded. And I don't think Hugh Jackson wants to lose his job. And I don't think he's going to lose his job. He's been adamant for how many months now about wanting to start a veteran under center. And it is Tyrod's job to lose. It is not Baker's job to be handed. I, I love that Alex Smith comparison. I think that's a really good one. So Thanks. you're welcome. Uh, and I also think I agree with you. Hashtag football Twitter. Not, they don't just love Baker Mayfield. I think hashtag football Twitter has, is predisposed to like guys with whether, what do you want? Character swag, so-called attitude issues, whatever it may be, because I think many of the cool kids on football Twitter like to rebel against the old middle-aged sports writers on Twitter who get all huffy and puffy about, you know, things like running away from police and getting tackled. So I think they, they root for guys like Baker Mayfield and, and other guys who may have checkered paths. Let's put it that way. So anyway, that's my speech. All right. I have two busts for you. I want to hear what you think. Joe Mixon in mid to late round two. And the reason I don't like Joe Mixon, I mean, they've tried to improve their offensive line, okay. I like Joe Mixon, but I also kind of like Gio Bernard. And I don't think Gio Bernard is just going to get buried. And because of that, I don't just want to hand, I don't think they're just going to hand the keys to Joe Mixon and give him the ball enough necessarily to make him what fantasy people think he might be. What do you think of that take? I mean, I have him as my RB16 and half-point PPR, which is the new Yahoo fantasy standard Got it. default. Um, so I like him. I, I think that last year he faced, you know, he was he was a rookie, but he was in a timeshare. Um, he was playing behind, as you mentioned, a bottom-ranked run-blocking unit. 
it wasn't until week 11 that he started to see 20 plus touches, but then he was concussed in week 13. And then he hobbled through the rest of the season on a busted ankle. So I don't think we got a good look at him. If you look at that tape, I do think he has excellent vision. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's, he's toned up and thinned down and he is taking snaps at least right now while they're wearing shorts as the team's RB one. So I think he is in a position to, make some noise. And I also feel like, you know, you mentioned Gio Bernard, obviously an exceptional pass catching back, but so is Mixon. I know. I mean, he could, he converted 30 of 34 balls last season. So it's not like the guy can't catch. I agree. I, and I think, look, there's something to that. That's the, the thing that gets me there is because Mixon can catch, people want to see him as a three down back, which, which may be the case. But then, then what we're doing there is we're saying, hey, Gio, you're not really seeing the field much. And I don't know if I'm – I don't know if I think the Bengals are willing to go there because Gio's good enough to make that – to, to kind of do more than just keep mixing fresh occasionally. That, that's my fear anyway. Like I see risk Well, do you think then – so as much as you like Gio, and I, I hear that argument, doesn't a lot of this depend on the health of John Ross? Yes. I think that's a really good point to see how much they throw and, and the targets get distributed differently and all that. I, I think, I think that's a really good point. So if John Ross is healthy, I think that that is going to diminish Gio enough to make Mixon the undisputed RB one. Okay. Okay. That's a fair point. I have one other one, Jimmy G. Mm. And it's because look, I know everybody loves Kyle Shanahan. Loves, loves, loves. Okay. Maybe not everybody, but you know, every, many people, as our president likes to say, many people are saying that uh, Kyle Shanahan's one of the best, you know, play callers in the league. Fine. The weapons there, eh, not so great. I knew Jimmy G was good last year, but the weapons are still kind of shaky, right? Well, he doesn't, again, have, other than Pierre Garçon, who's right over his age 30 season, I believe Uh, he doesn't have, and who was hobbled for most of last year. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have a big red zone threat. You know, there's only so much that George Kittle can do. (laughs) Marquise Goodwin, we saw get a ton of targets, but he can't get into the red zone. That's just not his forte. So I understand that. However, I am stupid high on Jimmy G (laughs) will absolutely admittedly overpay for him. And I'm a Rams fan, but I also grew up in Chicago and went to Jimmy G's rival high school. Hmm. He went to Rolling Meadows. I went to Prospect. Um, I went to week 17 because that's my first week. 17 is the first week off that I get. So my husband and I are LA Rams season ticket holders. So I actually went to a football game and it was the week that we were playing the 49ers. Now, obviously, since we're the Rams are going to the playoffs, yeah. uh, we were we were playing our, our second stringers, etc. But watching Jimmy G operate, I just will never be able to erase that image of him being so fluid and sharp in the pocket. Again, I in, I understand he wasn't, you know, opposing Aaron Donald. And the Rams have a crazy, at least on paper, good defense, and he's going to have to see them twice in one season. But I, he's just so good. And it's not just him. I mean, he is – you've got the Kyle Shanahan piece, and now he's got an entire offseason. I, I think he's going to roll. I think he's the kind of quarterback – that can make his targets and make his weapons better. Whereas we mentioned Cincinnati before, like AJ Green elevates the play of Andy Dalton. I think Jimmy Garoppolo elevates the play of the receivers around him. So 
if you were that high on Jimmy G, who's the biggest beneficiary in the 49ers passing offense if, if he's as good as you think? Well, I want to say Jarek McKinnon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because he's, he's not going to see a lot of stacked boxes. I, th- I think he's going to get some light fronts and at least base fronts, and he can operate even on first downs when he isn't seeing uh, like a, 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 a stacked box. Okay. I see. I've always been the, J- the Jared McKinnon owner, and this year I won't be just because I know I have to pay so much. I, I'm always that guy who every year drafts him in the 12th round and goes, this is it. This is the year. And last year mm-hmm. it sort of happens a little, but not too much. Um, but all right, no, that's a good point. And, and like we said, I mean, I'm not trying to diminish Shanahan as a play caller. I think he is a good one too. I just wonder how, how much lifting you have to do with all those weapons. But, um, I'm curious to see how this It's a totally fair point. It's a totally fair point. And his weapons are the thing that is the most glaring, but I just, I, I watched him live and was so taken and I'm, you know, we go to, we get to see players play live a lot and I've never been so taken with, um, with someone's poise, uh, so it, it was it was it was cool. Uh-huh. I actually would like to see Aldrick Robinson get a little bit more play here. We I, all every year you know, we want to we say that right wherever wherever it is. Yeah. Um, so when does your stadium open? By the way, next year. Or yeah, we won't be season ticket holders then because the price is <laughs> way way too high. <laughs> PSLs are nine million dollars each in Los Angeles. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Okay, everybody, um, check us out on Twitter. Liz is at, at LizLuzza underscore FF. I'm at JHelpin37. You can also tweet us at Rotowire. You can get player updates at Rotowire NFL, and we're always on Facebook if you'd like to check us out there. All right, I want to go back to your boom and bust and talk about some more people that you have written about lately and talked about lately. Um, first, you did the Texans. Um, you like Will Fuller. And how, how much, what kind of draft investment do you make on Will Fuller with how much you like him? Well, I have him ranked as my wide receiver 36. Okay. So, That's strong. I, you know, I, I think he's a wide, like a wide receiver three, a nice flex. The issue is the health, right? The durability. You do see his game improving in his rookie season. It was the drops. He managed to clean those up in his sophomore outing. Now, if he can focus on conditioning to stay healthy, that would be great. But, you know, when Nuke was on the field and Deshaun Watson was healthy – Will Fuller beasted, you know, he averaged 2.26 fantasy points per target, which was the fourth most. And I think that that any receiver who lines up opposite DeAndre Hopkins has a pretty good job. And I also don't see any other receiver on that roster taking the job away from Fuller, especially when you consider that Bill O'Brien recruited or tried to recruit this guy to Penn State back in the day and then went after him in the draft. Like he wants this kid. This is a shiny toy. And maybe in year three, the breakout happens, but no one else who's going to, is Braxton Miller going to take his job? No, no, no. All right. The tight ends are eh, right. So, um, yeah, I mean, they've got to stay healthy and they do a very different job. I think Lamar Miller on that team is a really good value, frankly, as well. He's going, Outside of the top 20, fine. That's great. I'll take him. You know? I, I will so take him in, in what, round seven. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, did, I, did I talk to you about that? That one, you know, that might be a question that we talk about later that I had. But um, actually, I'll talk about it now. Yeah, I had him, I, I was going to ask you later, a mid-round veteran because all, everybody's all over the rookies in third, fourth, fifth, right? And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Penny and, and all those guys. 
And, and I'm looking in there and going, I would absolutely, I'd love to let everyone else grab those guys and take Lamar Miller in the sixth or seventh round. I think that'd be fantastic. Yeah. Especially with a mobile quarterback opening up holes for him. Right. I mean, a lot of this again hinges on the health of Deshaun Watson, but even if Deshaun Watson comes back at 80% of what he was last year, Lamar Miller will have plenty of room to run. Right. And Deontay Foreman, right? Because right now we're not sure about him. Sure. But still, I think, yeah, I feel like I'm looking at Lamar Miller and everybody's going, it's so funny. Two years ago, all we wanted was for him to get more work and then he got the work and he's, you know, what, 1,200 yards a year and people are going, oh man, I, I hate that guy. And it's just so <laughs> stupid. So, um, all right. Running backs in Green Bay. Um, lots of committee chatter out of OTAs in Green Bay. Everybody loves to hear that in fantasy football. Uh, you mm-hmm. like Aaron Jones over Ty Montgomery and Jamal Williams. How come? No, I actually think Ty Montgomery is the best value. Okay. But if we're looking for the early downs work, I think that Aaron Jones, you know, he stole the job from Jamal Williams last year, even though he was drafted around after Williams. And I don't think anyone expected out of Aaron Jones. I'm sure plenty of people will say they did now, but (laughs) in truth, I don't think anyone expected Aaron Jones to, to lead that backfield the way he did. Um, Ty Montgomery. And I said this last year, I hated him last year because people were paying like a, he was being drafted in the second Round And I was like, this is a not to ever have to get into a positional discussion ever again as someone who works at a company that has a game attached, but he's a wide receiver. All right. He, we've seen that he runs upright. He cannot, I don't keep run. He barely cleared four yards per carry against a light front. Now I understand in green Bay, you're expecting with Aaron Rodgers under center that the running backs are going to see a light front. Most of the time that didn't happen obviously last year uh, when Rodgers was hurt, But regardless, when you see a guy like Aaron Jones, who admittedly in a small sample size, but still the numbers are numbers, average 5.5 yards per carry, and you've got Jamal Williams after Aaron Jones hurt his MCL plotting for the remainder of the season to a grand score of, what, 3.6? Oh, come on. And Ty Montgomery just can't get that early downs work done. So, you know, I think if you're looking at the goal line and if you're looking at early downs, Aaron Jones is just the better I'm going to use such a like trite football cliche. Aaron Jones is just, he's just a football player, man. He's a better athlete. Okay. Right now, ADPs, uh, I'm actually on the NFFC ADP. Aaron Jones, 90. Jamal Williams, 100. Ty Montgomery, 131. So you I mean, are. So take Ty Montgomery, come on, with yep. that value. You got, especially if you're in a half point PPR league or a full point PPR league and you don't have Jordy Nelson there. Right. It's a a four-round discount. So there you go. Yeah. All right. Um, On the Steelers, you have Vance McDonald as a sleeper option. I guess we're on year six Mm -hmm. of it not being Ladarius Green's breakout season, even though we're all waiting for it. I know he's not on the Steelers anymore. He's a free agent. But last year, I was like, this is it. He's in a great spot. And it didn't happen again for Ladarius Green. Um, Vance McDonald. So so let's say say you're in a 14-teamer. Mm-hmm. And you do the weight on a tight end game. You know, you don't do Gronk, Kelsey, and Ertz, and, you know, you pass on some of those guys in the middle, some of whom we'll talk about later. Is Vance McDonald the type of guy you would sort of take and sh- stream or use as, say, your week one starting tight end, or is he more of a two tight end or backup option? I think you're going to slot him in as a backup right now, um, but it wouldn't surprise me. So what I had been doing a lot of, in best ball is grabbing Tyler Eifert really late Mm -hmm. and then pairing him with Vance McDonald. 
because when Eifert is healthy, he's obviously a red zone monster. He passed on an opportunity to play with the Rams. And you have to imagine that Whitworth was recruiting him to the squad. I don't know why anyone, I've said this on another podcast and caught some heat, but I don't know anyone would be like, oh, hey, I don't want to move to California. Ohio is lovely. And also, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to play for Sean McVay. So, um, but so that seems to me, that tells me that there were promises made to Tyler Eifert. Now that was before a report that I believe came out last week saying that Eifert tweaked his back again and wasn't able to participate in some OTAs. So I'm, I'm coming back from that, but definitely monitoring Eifert's health. My pairing was those two because I feel like there's some, some boom potential with McDonald, especially because the Steelers have been trying for two years now to fill the Heath Miller lunch pail tight end role. And McDonald is a fine run blocker. He's got hands as well. He was used basically as a slot receiver in college. And Ben Roethlisberger at his age could use all the weapons he can get. So um, I, I think that that's a possibility. W more of the later round guys that he could be paired with. I'm trying, cause I mean, I had Vance McDonald ranked just outside of my top 20 ish. Right. Okay. So like, again, that is that is a like oh we're gonna do something crazy here. Um, I, I'm not touching anyone in Indianapolis. Like I don't want I don't want to deal with Jack Doyle. Not with Eric Ebron potentially there as well. I just don't know outside of the top like seven or eight. Okay. What do you do? So if Vance McDonald ends ends the season as a top twelve or sneaks into the top twelve, you, you won't be shocked. You think basically that's if a you, win. If, yes. if, if, if you're playing that game and waiting for a tight end, you're looking for potential, and he's got it. Yes. Okay. Thank you for summing that up perfectly. Hey, you're welcome. Just... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next one. Um, speaking of hashtag football Twitter, they are not going to be happy with this one. You don't think we're going to see much of Lamar Jackson in Baltimore? Boo. It's not that I don't want to see <laughs> Lamar Jackson. I just try to be a realist. I felt like last year, my my mantra going into the season was evolution takes time because everybody was like, oh, Brandon Cooks, automatic wide receiver one. You know, all of these things are going to happen overnight. But that's that's just not the process, despite what textbooks in your neck of the woods would like to teach us. Um, wow. Evolution is a thing. It does take lots of time. And so... I don't think that Lamar Jackson is going to see the field. They've got one more year on, uh, I believe Joe Flacco has one more year on his deal. Um, they're going to be able to free up over $18 million if they let him go in 2019. So I guess his deal isn't up, but there's a position for them to move him right. and some money at the end of this year. Um, and let's not forget that RG3 is the team's backup. This seems very strategic in my mind. They are going to put pressure. I mean, this is a great opportunity for the organization because they have this incredibly dynamic, very different than Joe Flacco, who has been putrid, averaging under seven yards per attempt for three straight years. They've got this guy pressing him. They saw what the pressure perhaps did to Alex Smith last year when we talked about him a little bit earlier. Right. Um, and they also have RG3, who comps similarly to Lamar Jackson there to mentor him, coach him up a little bit. Let's pray to God he doesn't teach Jackson how to slide because that would ruin everybody. <laughs> um, and so, you know, they can throw Jackson in on some specialty plays, turn the heat up for Flacco. Flacco has already sort of said that he, he's not appreciative of this. 
But what's he going to do when they know that? I mean, this puts Flacco in a position to perform or GTO, you know, GTFO. Right. And so, and so um, I, I just don't see why they would risk the health of one of these mobile court quarterbacks and, and durability. Like we, we saw what happened to Deshaun Watson. Yes, I know it's a non-contact injury, but like the health of these quarterbacks, the shelf life does not seem to be as long. So why sacrifice it when you already have to pay your number one? Right. Okay. Um, I think that's an interesting take to, to the, I think that the RG three connection and his impact is an interesting take because nobody's talking about that. It's all about Flacco or Lamar Jackson, which direction they want to go. But RG three's presence as a similar style is, is an interesting wrinkle that I know I hadn't thought of before. Um, all right. My last take of your boomer busts, which I thought was really cool. And it's not a crazy take, but it's interesting. Most The debate at the top of the tight end board is Gronk or Kelsey. And the ADPs are close, and it is an argument to be made for both. And you, as I don't have the article in front of me, you kind of would look at this and say, well, what about Zach Ertz? You think he seems to be a, let's say, a round below them ADP-wise and uh, I, I get the feeling you, you, you think that you could consider him with those other two guys. He's my number one ranked tight end for 2018. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, there you go. And, and I don't know why football Twitter would be angry with me about this one because they've been pounding the table for a Zach Ertz breakup for how many flipping years? Many. It finally happened, guys. It finally happened. Congratulations. Wear your crown. Start the parade. <laughs> so... It's, I just don't think it's that crazy that Gronk, it's like, oh, we brush our teeth in the morning, we shower, Gronk, we draft in the first round at the 10 spot just because that's what we've been doing for the past few years. It's on autopilot, but I don't think, like, he's had how many injuries, how many surgeries. It's not to change the guard, especially in England, with all of the other drama place. It looks like this dynasty in a moment of transition and Kelsey I mean I get it if you want to go Kelsey Ertz Gronk fine but you know Sammy Watkins has been added to the receiving core and I'm not sure you're aware of this John but they have this new quarterback named Pat Mahomes and he has this thing called a cannon that means he has a really strong arm that throws the ball really far and it's kind of a perfect fit for a player like Sammy Watkins who can also take red zone threats away also take red zone targets away and Matt Nagy's in Chicago. So Kelsey will remain Andy Reid's you quote, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's not going to get stale. Right. All right. Yeah. There's a lot of, I, th- I think that's a interesting. And one other thing back to the chiefs. If, if people didn't listen to last week's podcast here was with my rotowire colleague, Jim Coventry, who, who Jim's a tape geek. Um, and I say mm-hmm. that in the kindest way. And he basically said, look, he, he, he likes Mahomes at quarterback, partly because A, Sammy Watkins being there, and B, actually I, it should be one A, a plus or 1A and 1B or whatever you want to say, is that the Chiefs defense is going to be so bad that they're going to be in some shootouts. Mm-hmm. So, yep. yeah, Sammy Watkins. Um, we, we may be sleeping on him just a little bit more than we should. 
All right, folks, listeners to this podcast, get a free 10-day Rotowire trial at rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card needed. That lets you check out nearly all the features on the website. Go to it right now, rotowire.com slash pod. Check it out. All right, we're going to get some more sort of random questions, not about news, just some, you know, things I wanted to pick Liz's brain about. Um, how do you play quarterback strategy? This year, the, the chatter is that this – we always think it's deep. People in our industry, we, we have industry drafts against each other, the ones you see in magazines or on websites, and we all have a staring contest to see who can wait the longest to take a quarterback. But this year, it might be even longer because it's – holy cow, this position is so deep, and I could take the 15th quarterback, and life would still be awesome. How are you going to play quarterback this year? I'm going to wait. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I do think it's deep, but here's like – the. Here's the weird thing. Like, if you look at the top five guys on most people's boards, it's Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Drew Brees. Those are your top five. It's not like any of those don't have question marks, though, right? Because Aaron Rodgers is coming back from an injury that basically ended Tony Romo's career. We have Dr. Horner on Fantasy Football Live on Sundays, and he said he's never seen a quarterback come. He's an orthopedic surgeon uh, in in the Northern California area. He said he's never seen a quarterback come back the same. And yes, Aaron Rodgers came back, but at the very end of the season, and he clearly was rusty. So he's my default number one, but there's some there's some question marks there. Tom Brady just lost a Super Bowl. He's 40. Things seem a little bit different. I don't know if I'm going to lean into the angry Tom narrative as much <laughs> this year, coming off of, again, everything that we're, what, that's been happening in New England. Russell Wilson can't, doesn't have an offensive line. That's obviously, uh, the, although the defense, you know, may not, may continue to not be as good as it has been. So maybe he's throwing more, but I don't think he's an automatic win. Deshaun Watson was a rookie who made mistakes. And if you look at that week eight game against Russell Wilson, yes, Deshaun Watson outproduced him from a fantasy perspective by a tiny bit, but he also threw three or four picks in that game to Wilson's one. You saw those mistakes happening. You didn't see him for the stretch of the entire season. You don't know if defenses are going to adjust. And this is his second ACL injury. Admittedly, this is the other, the right knee, but he he's had this injury before. So I don't know how dynamic he's going to be. We're all assuming it's going to be fine. But again, there are question marks. And then Drew Brees, well, the, I don't know if you know this yet, John, but the New Orleans Saints like to run the ball now. Yes, they do. So, and maybe they like to do that because Drew Brees is old. So these are top five guys that I don't know I want to spend a pick that early on, not when I have... Cam Newton, Carson Wentz, Kirk Cousins, that's who I've been taking. Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford is going after Andrew Luck, and he has been a top eight fantasy quarterback for three consecutive seasons. He is bowing to the altar of Jim Bob Cooter, and so should fantasy fans. (laughs) That guy is an incredible value, and I think Kirk Cousins, I mean, what more does he have to do? He's now going to be in Minnesota. I have a, a, a fun Kirk Cousins story, if I can share it in a little bit, because that's who, I end, who I'm ending up taking those two guys a lot of the time. Um, and he's got weapons and a pretty badass uh, OC now who proved his medal quite a bit last year. So right. I, I don't know when you could take those guys much later why you're bothering with the top five. Okay. So you said you've been taking the was it Stafford and Cousins were the two you said? Yeah. Intermittently, depending on like where you know how the draft is falling. Okay, so when you do that, do you let's say it's a twelve team? Are you do you take backup quarterbacks or generally avoid them until you need them? 
I do not take backup quarterbacks. Okay, so you, in a twelve-team early, okay. and a, you know, obviously in a flex, a super flex or something, but but no, not in a, a standard twelve-team. So I was I was going to ask you if you were doing if you were doing a tandem, let's say a streaming tandem type, who would it be? But that doesn't sound like you're you're. Uh, Tyrod. It yeah, would be Tyrod. Yeah, 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 though. Yeah, right, right, right. Okay, that's that. I forgot about that. Okay. Um, all right. What's your Kirk Cousins story? So I interviewed him at the Super Bowl, um, and this was on a Wednesday, and I was I was there, and it was it was a great experience. My husband is we talked about this a little bit uh, offline. Was raised, born and raised in D.C. Huge Washington football fan, huge Caps fan. Very happy that they won the Stanley Cup. Um, rewatched. Side note: He, re- I found him rewatching Game Five of the Stanley Cup <laughs> on Father's Day, drinking a beer, holding our one-year-old on his lap teaching her how to say the word Ovi, Ovi. And he's like, oh, this is amazing. You got to watch the presser on this play. And it's my little one-year-old is like sitting in his lap. You know, it was adorable. But anyway, um, so interviewing Kirk Cousins was a big deal. My husband loves this guy. Like he's also from the Midwest as I am originally. Um, And so I do this interview. It goes great. I ask him after the interview and he was absolutely wonderful and congenial and all of the things you want a franchise quarterback to be especially when they're not on the field, just a, a, a fantastic human. And I said, you know, my husband's a huge fan. Can you do a video please for Valentine's day? I'll be the best wife in the world. <laughs> he obliged without a problem. Um, and so we were chatting and he said, so do you go back to the East coast at all? And I said, no, my in-laws have since moved. And honestly, I'm, I'm kind of a Midwestern girl at heart. I, I frankly just much prefer it in the Midwest. And he goes, Oh, me too. We talked about where we were both from And he said, I love being back here. We're obviously in Minnesota. And I was like, yeah, it's great. And he was like, the people here, we talked about the fact that we both had kids and little kids. And he was like, yeah, I really like it here. And I was like, yeah, 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 I know. We talked about this. He was like, I I really like it in Minnesota. (laughs) And I said, okay, great. Got it. All right, cool. Thanks for the video. I got to go. You've got to go. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And, you know, hail to the Redskins. And he said, yep. I kid you not, four four hours later, four hours later at the media party, I'm hanging out with my colleagues. We all get this alert on our phones saying that Alex Smith has now been traded to the um, Washington Redskins. And, of course, that means we all have to go re-edit everything that we just did four hours prior. And I turned to them. I turned to my editor and I said, Kirk Cousins is coming to Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And... everyone no 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 it's Cleveland or Denver Cleveland or and I was like no I'm pretty sure he's coming to Minnesota but Case Keenum no Pat Shermer's in New York now that was the biggest Case Keenum advocate they're gonna let him go they still believe Kirk I'm telling you Kirk Cousins is coming and it got knowed so much that I lesson to all of you who have a gut feeling about something was like okay I guess I must be wrong everyone is telling me I am so wrong about this that I must be wrong and then sure enough there you it go. Happened. See, yeah. trust your God, everybody. I agree with that. Yep. Because I'm, I'm guilty of the same thing. You, you, you heard something, and it was, and it made sense, and you kind of let let people who who you respect and think are smart talk you out of it a little bit. Yeah. So thank you for indulging that story. And Kirk Cousins, uh, we'll still we're still rooting for you in Minnesota. All right. So what do you think? What do you think his presence? So the change is there. Different offensive coordinator. New quarterback comes in. Keenum played well last year. What do you think Kirk Cousins' presence does for Diggs and Thielen? Uh, well, I think that Diggs and Thielen are 
being drafted at peak value right now anyway. I think we've seen their ceilings. So the best Kirk Cousins can do is keep it there. I mean, Diggs had that groin injury that I think hobbled him and affected his play in a negative way for a lot of, I think, the second half of the season, if I'm remembering correctly. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that Kirk Cousins is going to make them any more of studs than they already are. I also think when Delvin Cook comes back, those targets off the get are going to be diminished a little bit because that's another back who can absolutely catch. Um, I think things just stay great in Minnesota. If anything, I think Kyle Rudolph, who everyone is just, again, so tied the perennial, oh, he's like a top 10 guy. I think that is the guy who, again, if he can stay healthy, is going to have an excellent year. He's, he's, you know, he's not coming off the boards until the eighth round. He's been a top six fantasy producers in back-to-back years. He hasn't missed a game since 2014. He did have ankle surgery in February, but you know, he's on the field with Cousins. He's ahead of schedule, reportedly. Cousins said throwing to him was like throwing to a mattress, so they're building rapport. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, John Filippo. here's a fun fact. Everyone likes to talk about how he features tight ends. Remember Gary Barnage's nine-touchdown, 1,000-yard, yes. nine-touchdown season back in, yeah, back in 2015? Yeah, Gary Barnage never to be heard from ever again. That was the year that John Filippo was the offensive coordinator in Cleveland. So everyone else wants to talk. Everyone else is feeling, feeling, and digging on digs and all the awful alliterations that you can make. But Kyle Rudolph, to me, is going to be Kirk Cousins' best friend, and that is the value on the Vikings right now. All right. I always like Gary Barnage had such a creative nickname when he was here with the Panthers. Big Gary. I don't know what that was. Just Big Gary. Oh, okay. That's it. All right. All it was. I was like, that's it? Big Gary? Yeah, it's Big Gary. All right, um, I want to talk about your Rams for a minute. So sure. I, men- I mentioned that last week I was talking to my colleague, uh, Jim Coventry, and he, we were talking about Brandon Cooks and his fit with the Rams. And Jim's take, watching tons of Rams tape, is we talked about what happened to Sammy Watkins last year and why didn't that work the way we thought it would. Sean McVay, great play caller, great offense, and Watkins just didn't, he, he didn't get that bump. And Jim's argument was Watkins was open all the time, the way, for whatever reason, and I'd have to listen back to talk to get a little more specific on that, Goff constantly looked to the right side of the field. Mm-hmm. That's right. Woods. He's totally and, right. And so now, if, if we're basically subbing in Cooks for Watkins, and, and Watkins is probably a more, nothing against Cooks, but Watkins is probably a more complete receiver. He's mm-hmm. less of just a... a not one-dimensional speed threat. I don't beat up on Cooks by saying that, but he, he's more of a straight speed guy than Sammy is. This, this would, that discussion spooked me about Brandon Cooks. Do you feel the same way for fan? I mean, fourth round, Brandon Cooks, are you in or out? I'm out on the fourth round. Okay. Um, your colleague is absolutely correct. I think part of that, though, is that let's remember Sammy Watkins joined the team in August. Yeah. Jared Goff is a young quarterback who's good basically because Sean McVay was Cyrano de Bergeracking him <laughs> in his ear, right? I mean, right. Like, this, like he's calling out his reads. He's calling out his progressions. And, and Goff was able to listen. If that kid's headset went out, come on. <laughs> and, and I like Goff, you know? Um, 
So I think that there is a factor, uh, a rapport and chemistry factor. He didn't get to practice it. He didn't do it on the field. Very cut and dry. He does have cooks for an offseason. That said, let's also note the fact that Sammy Watkins got shipped away because he didn't really meld with the locker room. I don't know if a guy like Cooks, and I've never met Brandon Cooks. I don't know him personally. I don't know his mother. Don't know anything. But I know that he's a young guy who's on his third team in what, like four years? Right. So I'm not imagining that he's the easiest personality, the most flexible or malleable personality. That is a total assumption, but that's part of my job. So I... Do not buy him in the fourth round, but I do think that he, similarly to what we saw in New England, is going to start very slow, and then come week eight-ish, there will be enough developed. He will have figured out the playbook enough to start coming on, but it's going to be a slow burn. He's going to be dropped, and then eventually I will pick him up off of waivers when people (laughs) become impatient. You think people are going to drop him? You think we're going to go that far down? There's going to be like, or he's going to be a buy low, a a buy low opportunity, right? right. There's going to be, but I'm not drafting him. Let everybody else get excited about the hype. And then I will capitalize um, on him come November when everyone else has grown impatient. All right. Um, We talked about AJ Green a bit earlier. Mm -hmm. Last year was a disappointment. And I wonder... If he will be 30 before the season starts, he'll be 30 at the end of July. Last year, I mean, the year before the numbers weren't good, but he, he got hurt, so he only played 10 games. So the per-game numbers are fine. Last year, career low in yards per game. He, had, he was just over 1,000 yards, 75 catches in 16 games. And, and he, A.J. Green still has a second-round ADP. I'm looking at that, 19 ADP overall. I look at that and I say, no thank you. Where are you on A.J. Green? I think a lot of it, I mean, he was still a top 10 producer in fantasy, Mm -hmm. even at a career low. So this is a stability question. Um, I think a lot of this depends on Tyler Eifert because AJ Green, the, the Bengals and Andy Dalton, this whole ecosystem needs a red zone weapon. And if you look back at the numbers, when Tyler Eifert was on the field and healthy, AJ Green had great games. Okay. Without that, A.J. Green cannot drag the quarterback along in production and also be the team's number one red zone option, right? Other right. defenses have already figured this out. So, And as much as we talked about John Ross and his potential breakout this year, if he he's not the same red zone threat. Like, I think he can maybe detract, but he's not what I would consider, you know, like – a solid wide receiver too for these purposes. No, I agree. Okay. Um, so at that 80, at a mid second round, are you still, are you still good with them then? I will probably, um, yeah, I, I think I will for the stupid, like I will know, okay, I'm going to get a top 10 wide receiver. That's the floor. I'll take that. And then Maybe choose a guy in those mid-rounds or after round four, I guess. Maybe not mid-rounds, but after round four or after round five, I will probably reach for somebody with more upside. Because that, I think, is a matter. If you're going to take A.J. Green there, then you have to look at your roster construction, and it has to be balanced. And maybe that's when you choose a couple of the 
uh, a guy I want to talk about, uh, Mike Williams, right? Like, oh, right. that's a that's a, a bit of a breakout guy. Or let's look at these guys with some more upside. AJ Green's your floor guy. I mean, for, for years we talked about Matt Ryan, right? You know what you got. He was a floor guy, and you had to adjust and draft accordingly to balance that out elsewhere. So that's what you do with AJ Green. All right. Um, Andrew Luck, QB... I've got him at QB 17 in drafts over the last month. Let me see, 13, mm. 14, 15, yeah, 17. Um, is that enough of a discount to make you want to take him? doesn't matter. Okay. This is the same, like, I, I don't, you don't have to gamble on Andrew Luck. doesn't have to happen. Right. So don't do it. Like, what, I, this is, I, I don't, this is one of those theoretical conversations. Like, could he be better? Yeah, sure. I'm not a doctor. Absolutely. I don't, Dante Moncrief isn't on the field, and I don't know who the hell's going to be his red zone target because Eric Ebron hasn't been able to catch the ball, and Jack Doyle is pretty average. Yeah. So, sure, could he be better? Yeah. Could he not be better? Probably. But I, it doesn't – like, who the hell cares? Go ahead. If you, if you are the type of person who likes to draft two quarterbacks and you want to pick – one of those guys we talked about earlier in the top five, Tom Brady Hyde, go ahead and pick a later round draft on Andrew Luck and see what happens. But again, if your plan is that you think you're going to move one of these quarterbacks in some sneaky trade scenario, good luck because it's too deep. Nobody will trade for quarterbacks. You don't have to. Okay. So uh, let, let's, let's tweak this question a little bit. Let's say you're in a two quarterback league, super flex, okay. right? And yeah. you and your second, you've got one of the, the guys you talked about, cousin Stafford, whoever it might be. And now later, okay. you're in the you're in the luck range for your second quarterback. Luck or Jared Goff? Andrew Luck. Um, luck or I just prayed for my rankings. Congratulations, <laughs> you did it! Yay, uh, Marcus Mariota. I like LaFleur. Um, I'm going to go with, oh, shoot. That is a tough one for me. Um, I have Mariota number 16, and you just said you have Luck 17. So, I mean, I, I think I'm probably going to give the edge to Mariota in that one. Okay, last one. Luck or Patrick Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes. Okay, me too. Okay. All right. I guess we'll know more about this one as the summer goes on. But um, but yeah, I'm with you. I don't I don't want this risk generally. Um, running back. I talked about the rookie running backs earlier, and I want to come back to them a little bit. So Seahawks draft Rashad Penny first round. Holy cow! They're going to be a running team. Yay! This is great. And last week, they could not gush more about Chris Carson. Do you buy that at all? I mean, it's the off season and everyone's, you know, it's always during the best shepherd of their life and everybody's great. And holy cow, maybe this guy's going to break out. You know, we, we, we kind of fall for what coaches say at this time of the year, sometimes a little too much because it's boring. It's a boring time. It's dead. We're looking for reasons to like or dislike people. Does this Chris Carson stuff, does it mean anything? I mean, this isn't just regular coach speak. This is Pete Carroll coach speech. <laughs> right. He so, loves everybody. This is a consider the source. When Pete Carroll's smiling, I am automatically not buying. Um, so no, I don't buy it. And also, you know, Seattle had the 31st, meaning second to last ranked run blocking line, run blocking unit, according to Football Outsiders last season. So 
I don't really want either of these guys. I'm, I'm not like I, I, I met Rashad Penny. He's very nice. Uh, I liked his I liked his college tape, but I, I'm not I'm not really trying to to jump into this backfield. It's been since the Marshawn Lynch years. It's been a bit of a quagmire and a landmine and I'm not in inter- or la- uh, minefield and I'm not interested in stepping on anything. Okay. Got it. Um, I'm definitely not. I'm, I'm so CJ Procise burned me too many times and now watch. It'll be awesome because I won't take him. Um, I wanted to ask about your favorite. I, I talked about mid round running backs. We talked about Lamar Miller. Do you have anybody else in the middle rounds at running back that you like? Um, I haven't, um, like, a, like I, I a have lot. receivers. Okay. Like a lot, like a lot. Uh, Nelson Aguilar um, is one based on some, on what you wrote about the Eagles. You really like Nelson Aguilar. I, yes. I like Nelson Aguilar. Um, he's my wide receiver 40. I mean, he's, his ADP is wide receiver 40. Um, he's a nice slot guy. Um, I like the fact that he was targeted in the red zone every week, but two, that's a nice stat because six points are fantasy friendly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And he averaged more than seven targets per contest down the stretch. So I think that those are nice things and he's, he's an incredible value and he finally, things came together for him and you can thank Mike Groh for that because that was his wide receivers coach um, who helped him with his mechanics and his confidence last year. And now, grow as the team's new offensive coordinator. So I think that that means Aguilar will continue to be featured in a prominent way. So I I like that connection, but Mike Williams, who I mentioned a little bit more, he's according to ADP wide receiver 44. So just four players, four receivers rather after Aguilar. And this is the kid that I am writing about in every sleeper breakout column that they ask me to write or that I volunteer to write. Um, Right. I think he is absolutely more Alshon Jeffrey than Laquan Treadwell. Um, when you see that there's no Hunter Henry, that means, and this has been reported, that the Chargers are going to use more three wide receiver sets. Everything has shown that Williams ha- has been impressing in camp. Again, I know we're not wearing pads like they're just wearing underwear, but he's also got the mentorship of Keenan Allen, who's been watching They've been watching tape together, and I think Keenan Allen, like, you know, sometimes you hear that and that's bunk, but from what we know about Keenan Allen, he's a kind of different guy, and it wouldn't surprise me if he's taking an interest in that way. And so I think everything is lined up here for Mike Williams to ascend and break out, and when he is the 44th wide receiver being drafted, I think he has wide receiver two potential. Oh, wow. That's Um, that's strong. I, I I really think that he could be an enormous benefit to fantasy footballers. I am taking him in every best ball. I'm taking him everywhere I can. That is my guy. I'm staking my claim. The only thing that could prevent it from happening is the voodoo curse that has obviously been placed on the Chargers. And and on all Mike Williamses that have been wide receivers that we also <laughs> see potential in. And they all Fair are enough. busts. So, all right. Um, yeah, we won't hold that against this Mike Williams. All right, finally, are you on – I asked this last week. This is going to be the guy I think I talk about more than anyone else this summer. Are you on the Trey Burton train? Well, I'm on the Trey Burton train, but not at his current ADP. Oh. And the reason – Right. Yeah, I'm not. I, I mean, he's he's one of those – like, I would rather take Kyle Rudolph, like we talked about. Mm-hmm. I understand that this is the shiny new toy – and he's going to be the you in Matt Nagy's offense. And he's going to have Travis Kelsey numbers. But wasn't it this time last year? I mean, 
my memory can be short, but wasn't Adam Shaheen supposed to be the amazing sleeper tight end in Chicago just a year yes. ago? We loved right? Adam Shaheen, all of us. Mm-hmm. I agree. All of us, right? I mean, this is a guy who's not a good blocker, but a good, but but uh, has good hands. And so I think that Shaheen and P.S. This is like people are always like, there was no Shaheen love. And I was like, uh, I, I think that you were sick all of or off of Twitter for all of the summer last season. There was. And also last month, Nagy said that Shaheen had, quote, natural hands and an impressive catch radius. If you are a coach, are you not going to use those? And also we've got other awesome talents like Anthony Miller, a rookie that I'm incredibly high on, Tariq Cohen, who's going to be this year's Tyreek Hill, if you're paying attention, Taylor Gabriel, the speed threat. So how in the world is Trey Burton going to own this offense and match Travis Kelsey-like numbers when there are all of these weapons and a rookie quarterback that we don't know can play that well yet? Right. Okay. What do you think of him, by the way? You know, I mean, the the situation seems to be very favorable for Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. But you're right. We don't know how he, how he can play. But is he one of those people, in, let's say in a super flex again, and, and you know, everything's context-based, but are, are you, how intrigued are you about Mitchell Trubisky this season? I am not intrigued enough because as we talked about earlier, evolution takes time. From a fantasy perspective, like from a team perspective, as someone who grew up in Chicago, I'm super excited. I think the Bears are going to win at least eight games, maybe more this season. It's going to be lit. But from a fantasy perspective, why am I going to bother with Mitchell Trubisky? We know he can throw on the run. Sure, he's got legs. Sure. But I don't know what his accuracy is going to look like. I don't know if he can stand in the pocket. And I got to imagine that if... I know he's not got great pocket poise and um, like an average processing speed. Then defensive coordinators also know that. Right. Okay. Yeah. I remember that. Remember that first preseason game last year where they, they, everything was a bootleg and he was throwing it and oh my God, it was people went crazy. Yeah. I mean, we know what he can do, but can he do the other stuff or is Nagy going to be able with, I think, a gadgety player like um, like Terry Cohen or Taylor Gabriel fit an offense around Trubisky's skill set? I mean, that seems to be it, but that that's for winning games. That's not necessarily for winning fantasy championships. Right. I I agree with you on that. All right, Uh, folks, we're going to I'd love to. Talk to Liz for another hour or two, but we're going to let her go here. What, what are you going to? What else are you going to be working on this summer? What's What's coming up for you? How about that? Oh, I've got a lot of cool stuff coming up. So number one, I would encourage everyone, you can follow me on Twitter at Liz Loza underscore FF, but also Yahoo just launched a new daily sports show called The Rush. If you could follow that on Twitter, it's at the Rush Yahoo. Um, I, my friend Jared, my friend and colleague Jared Quay, who's Calais Campbell's brother, actually is hosting the show on the regular. But I am guest hosting tomorrow, and you'll probably see me pop up as a guest host, maybe on a weekly basis. So I'd encourage people to check that out. It's a it's a clip show, and it kind of catches you up on the day of sports in a quick two minutes. So. It's, it's a lot of fun, and I'm excited to guest host for the first time tomorrow. I'm also going to be in Dallas at the 
NFFC, which is the National Fantasy Football Convention, um, and that is in July, July 13th and 14th. So I'll be there if y'all are in the area or you want to come down. You can use the pro promo code LOZA for a discount on tickets. I'd love to meet everybody in person, kick back a couple of uh, drinks and talk some football. And then, of course, as the season comes underway, I'll continue, I will, throughout the summer, I'll be writing articles for Yahoo Sports and Yahoo Fantasy, and then as the season kicks off, we will return to doing Fantasy Football Live, which I believe is in its 13th season, every Sunday, 90 minutes, 90 minutes before kickoff every Sunday, so stay tuned to Yahoo Fantasy and Yahoo Sports for that. So you're busy. No, come on. (laughs) No, it's no big deal. I just got this and two little kids, and uh, it's fine. It's fine, right? Um, so, always so, time for your podcast. Always. Well, thank you. So, so you're older. That the boy's the older one, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Did is was he? In, did he watch any of the hockey or anything like that? Is he? he is he at the point watch, where he's getting into this kind of stuff? Mm, yes, it's just starting. He's going to be five next week, actually. So he's almost five. He's starting to figure it out. Um, he found baseball. I know you're a Yankee fan. Very boring. He did yep. like hockey. And I took him skating a couple of times this December. I, I covered the Olympics for Yahoo. And so I had done the skating thing with Adam Rapon. He and I had skated together before the games. Yep. And we'd done this fun little feature. And so my son wanted to go skating. And so uh, I took him. And he actually was quite good. So I, I was pretty impressed. So he's liking the ice thing, I think, because it's so different living in Southern California to go on the ice. But um yeah, the little guy will be five, and I'm hoping my husband will actually be able to take him to a Rams game this nice. fall, that he'll be able to, you know, now that we don't have to deal with naps and sitting through, we could get a sitter for the baby and take him, and um, look, fingers crossed. I mean, the kid is not athletic, though. It's I don't want to talk about that. Like, he's going to win, like, I, you know, now this is recorded, and someday he's going to hear it, so yeah. I feel bad, but he's definitely going to be, like, he's going to get a participation trophy at some point, and Got that's it. it. What's, what's his, last question, sorry, what, what's his uh, birthday party looking like for next week? Oh, I threw it on June 16th already. It was last Saturday, and it was a science-themed birthday party with a slime-making demonstration. Slime-making. Oh, the slime <laughs> in my house. My, Hashtag my, boy mom. Oh, yep. my, my, my daughter is 14, and she oh, makes wow. slime. She literally chills out making slime. She just makes slime, and just when she's hanging out watching Netflix on her iPad or something, she just kind of plays with the slime. It's a relaxing there thing. That's awesome. There's this trio of like super entrepreneurial tween girls who make it at home and then sell it at the park. And they have a whole business going. Yeah. I have, I don't know, spent, I don't know, probably like 30 bucks at this point because every time my, my almost five-year-old shows up, he's like, oh, mommy, the slime girls are here. Yeah. <laughs> so I get yeah. suckered into buying some. Yeah. They tried the, they tried the business, but the, the business acumen was not the greatest. And Abby mm. and one of her friends tried that. Um, but making it is, I mean, you know, but, but, but it's, you know, you get the weird request. Hey dad, can you buy a gallon of glue? What? (laughs) Okay. And that's, it It was glue and a few other things and contact lens solution and Eureka, you got slime. It's pretty easy. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Liz, thank you so much. This is always enjoyable. I really appreciate you coming on with me and I hope we do it again soon. Okay. 
Thanks, John. I appreciate it. Have a wonderful day and rest of your week. You too. Everybody, if you like the podcast, please leave us a review and a rating and uh, follow Liz at Liz Loza underscore FF and follow at the Rush Yahoo and, and watch her as she guest hosts and makes appearances this summer. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Road to Wire Fantasy Football Podcast. We'll be back the week of June 25th sometimes. So we'll check back then. For Liz Loza, I'm John Halpin. See you next time. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.